0: Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast.
1: 3.40 a.m. A number of years ago. Many. My wife is hitting me rather hard on my shoulder. And she says, It's time. I knew what she meant. She was about 20 days overdue. It was time. I rather lazily stretched and got out of bed, made my way to the washroom, and proceeded to have a sponge bath. I mean, you don't want to stink for the doctors and nurses, and you don't want that to be the first memory of the newborn. I went and looked through my wardrobe, trying to figure out what you're supposed to wear when your wife is about to have a child. And my wife said, it's time! She's usually quite gentle. I quickly chose clothes, not thinking anymore about what I should be wearing to look right for the new baby. And then went to brush my teeth and that was the last straw for my wife. (laughs) It's time, she said. I put my toothbrush down and I went quickly to our little car. I drove over the speed limit to the hospital. I made a couple of rolling stops at a couple of red lights, and we arrived, we went to the registration. And they pulled out a stack of papers and I began to fill them out and Donna said it's time ma'am it's time and they took Donna away about four minutes later the phone rang at the registration desk has he signed yet and she said no she said it's too late the doctor had not arrived and our last son was born in the hallway and I missed it because I was just going through the normal routines of a normal morning when I should have been saying a big yes and a quick yes to something that was more important at that moment. We need to learn how to say yes in our culture there's a big emphasis on saying no i'll tell you my theory about this saying no thing after you listen in to this video please
2: make you happier well i'm here to tell you about one of the most revolutionary pieces of golf technology ever created introducing quit golf I shaved 94 strokes off my game, all thanks to Quick Golf. Since Quick Golf, my blood pressure has calmed down considerably. I mean, it's still pretty high. (laughs) And this product doesn't cost you any money. In fact, it saves you money. Think about everything you could do with that money. Start a business, save for retirement, send a child to college, donate to a nonprofit, literally just burn the money really anything other than directly funding your mental and emotional demise when i first tried quick golf i threw my bag in the woods and then my wife said she'd consider moving back in eventually once i stopped trying to be john daly on the course i stopped being john daly off the course finally no more texting your golf scores to people who literally don't care imagine driving to the golf course and then turning around and driving home You'll have time to hug your children, play with your pets, date your spouse, or find a spouse. Literally anything to distract you from not driving your golf cart off a cliff. When delusion whispers to you, hey, remember that birdie you got two years ago? You should join the tour. Well, our common sense approach will tell you the truth. You're just not that good. Golf is hard. Sometimes you hook the ball. Sometimes you slice the ball. Sometimes you don't connect at all. Well, quit golf. Fixes all of that. Imagine no more lessons, no more gadgets, no more custom clubs. In fact, no more clubs. Thanks to Quick golf, I've never been happier. I've saved over $10,000 and I've completely turned my life around all thanks to Quick golf. Golf, just
1: quit playing. Deborah, if you're watching this, please let me see the kids. It gets a lot easier to say no when you've said yes to the really important things in your life. We need to learn how to say yes. And so this morning, I'm going to take you to one of my favorite portions of scripture. You've been hanging out here for any length of time. You will have heard me open this portion more than once, I'm sure it's in the book of mark it's about the lady who said yes it's a story sandwiched between two events mark chapter 13 jesus is talking about the end times and the fact that the temple is going to be destroyed and and the messiah is going to come back and the messiah is uh, going to come back in a time of pain and tribulation in the world and as a result of that the pharisees the scribes the religious leaders are upset and they're trying to arrest jesus because he's really not good for their religious culture he's creating problems for their faith and jesus knows he's about to get arrested so he runs and runs to a little town called bethany Uh, We'll get back to that in a moment. That's what's happening on the front end. the, The back end of the story, after this story, Judas was hiding out with Jesus and he sneaks away and begins to plot a betrayal against Christ. So in between those two events is this story of Jesus being in the little town of Bethany, a little ways outside of Bethlehem and he's hiding out there to escape people who want to arrest him. His disciples are with him. He's at the house of Simon the leper. He's reclined. He's eating. They're visiting. It's a peaceful time, as Eastern culture often is. And all of a sudden, a lady bursts in on the scene. She bursts in on the scene, and she's carrying a box of perfume. Did you catch that? A box of perfume. I guess it's possible to put perfume in boxes. Our prime minister puts his water in boxes. There was perfume in the boxes here, in the box, and she comes into the house. And in one great big act of worship, she pours the whole box of perfume all over Jesus and the crowd looks at what's happening there and they say what a waste of this perfume and i think it's verse six if it's not verse six it's in there somewhere the reason it was a waste is the value of that perfume was 300 denarii now that doesn't mean a whole lot to you Uh, denarii uh, though one denarii was the average wage for a day's work back in that time 300 denarii at that time, they took the Sabbath off, approximately a whole year's work of wages. In one act of worship, a whole year's work of wages in one act of worship is presented to Jesus as he pours, she pours perfume all over him. I tried to figure out what that would mean in Saskatchewan. And so I went on Google to find out what people make in Saskatchewan uh, right now, and the median salary of, in Saskatchewan is $6,130 Canadian dollars per month over 72, over $73,000 per year, and all of a sudden, almost all of us are depressed. Average salary of 72, $73,000 median salary in Saskatchewan, And this lady, if it was happening now, (laughs) burst into the house, burst into the house and poured 73, the equivalent of $73,000 of perfume over Jesus as an act of worship. And the crowd's response to this was, why has this perfume been wasted why has this perfume been wasted? And people look at us. People look at people like us who are gathered in a sanctuary like this on this morning. On this morning, and they say, uh, "You, you, you, you mean you get up on Sunday mornings and you get dressed and you drive and go to a, a, a church to sing songs and." And hear a guy give a talk? Man, you're wasting your life. You're wasting your weekends. That's ridiculous. And you say, oh, oh I, don't just, I don't just go to church on Sunday mornings. I usually get together with a group sometime during the week, and, and we meet in people's houses, and we bring our Bibles, and we open our Bibles, and we talk about it, and we learn how to live and love together and serve well together. And they look at you and say, Cuckoo crazy. What a waste of a life. And a few who saw this lady burst in and Jesus in this extravagant $73,000 act of worship, look at what she's done and they say, why was this waste of perfume made? But that is not how Jesus sees it. Jesus looks and says, Verse number six, she has done a good deed to me. And so those who don't get it, look at the fact you go to church on the weekend, you do things in your church, you come early on Sunday mornings and and you make coffee so people can have coffee to drink. And sorry, we don't do that in July and August, but coffee will be on in September. And somebody makes coffee every week. And when you tell them, I go to church on Sunday, and I come early and I make coffee, they say, well, 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 how much do they pay you for doing that? And you say, I just do it because it's an act of worship and appreciation for God and my church and they say in their minds at least cuckoo crazy what a waste of a life they don't get it they don't understand it but we do these things friends and we do them unto, unto Him. We don't just do them, but God looks down from heaven, and heaven glows, heaven glows, because they see your acts of service, your work as worship. And God is pleased we do it to to him secondly this lady had done what she could i know it's dangerous for me to say this now and to be misinterpreted but but i believe i'm right i believe god never asks you to do something that is beyond your capacity to do. He only asks you to do what you can do. And then the miracle kicks in where he comes alongside you and strengthens it and multiplies it and we get into this supernatural realm. But he never asks you to do something that you can't do. And this woman just came and did what she could. My wife is... uh, loves using Facebook to appreciate people. And I'm gonna show you one of her posts in a minute, not quite yet, but I want, I want Tila to come up here and just, uh, I wanna celebrate one of our, our, our young ladies. So on Saturday evening, give her a hand, give her a hand. On Saturday, August the 10th, I feel sorry for you trying to get that hand up there, but if that's comfortable for you, that's good. On Saturday, August 10th, she worked serving coffee, preparing coffee for Saturday night church. You see, Saturday has coffee in the summer too. Just thought I'd throw that out there for you. And we have coffee and your mom and you work together together making coffee. This is what I read on Facebook the next morning from my wife. Thank you, Tila Warren. You worked alongside your mom, Sasha Morin, last night preparing for Saturday church coffee. And when her mom was clearing up the coffee after coffee time. Tila wiped down all the counters, the cupboards, the shelves, the containers, and anything else she could see that needed a little clean. She did more than was necessary, and we bless her for it. Thank you. Here's to our next generation of servers. This is a girl who did what she could. She just didn't put in the minimum. She didn't say, what's the least I can do here and look like the job is done. She did what she could. She gave her all. She did more than is necessary. And today I want to thank you and I salute you and I celebrate you. We love you and we're proud of you. We really are. We really are. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. Thanks for coming up here. Hope that didn't query out too much. And then I watched, I watched our young people last weekend at Day in the Park. And they were leading servants amongst us last Saturday. They were working hard. They were going the extra mile. They were putting on smiles, and they were making people feel welcome. And I left Saturday so proud of you as we served over 1,700 people last Saturday. And then I went to Family Fun Day in Martinsville, and a whole bunch of those same kids who are not part of the Martinsville venue, but they just want to do what they can for Jesus, showed up in Martinsville, and they did the same thing there for another three hours i celebrate the next generation of this church today i celebrate you and i celebrate our leaders who are raising up a generation who work and who serve and are doing what they can and when you do what you can god receives it as worship there is a glow in heaven thank you and of course, our teenagers aren't the only ones who uh, are working, listen to some of these stories too, on the screen.
3: My name is Arlene Shillington.
2: Uh, my name is Dale.
3: I serve in Martinsville. I serve on the Deacon's uh, board, but I also have served in many, many locations in Martinsville, um, from setup, up, going in at 8.15 and getting the whole place set up, along with the whole other team, but um, also on the coffee team, the nursery. I've actually served as a small group leader, as well as uh, greeting um, quite regularly as well.
2: I serve in Martinsville. I'm in charge of the kids program there and wherever else the church needs me.
3: Work. I think the biggest thing... The reason why I serve is that I feel like I need to give back. The Lord has given me so much, and it's just a small part of giving back to what He has already given to me.
2: Well, uh, I started six years ago, and my wife was super involved, and I just kept doing it, and I just love it. The kids in Martinsville just have a whole lot of energy, and it fills me with energy. It makes me happy to see them happy and yeah, I have a good relationship with the kids out in Martinsville. Well.
3: I think also the fact that they're my family. I feel ownership to to making sure that the Martinsville Church is at its best for the newcomer and uh, that the newcomer, we used to be the newcomer, and we know how important it was for us to feel welcome and to feel like this is a safe place to be. Um, so I think it's just the fact serving for me is really about owning that this is my this is my part of of being uh, part of this family and it has given me so much more than i've ever g- it's given me so much more so that's it i like my job and i like my pets
1: i like my church serve this church, but it's not friends serving a church. It's really worshiping Him. When we do what we can, God receives it as worship. I'm absolutely convinced that The greatest hope for the world is the Church of Jesus Christ. I'm absolutely convinced there are enough gifts and abilities and passion in this room this morning to make a huge dent in our city. I believe in you. Incidentally, This past week was the first week in over eight years where I spent my whole time invested and pouring into the work and ministry of the neighborhood church, and it felt so good. This is the right time. It's the right season for us to say we're going to be difference makers in Saskatoon and Martinsville and Worm and Dalmany and Osler. And the really great thing is that we can do this together. We can serve our church and we can serve our community, but to do it, we need you to serve. And I'm going to ask four guys, gals, whatever, four people to just come quickly and... We have our launch night on Tuesday, and we've got a whole slew of people. The the, uh, pass-outs, handouts are right up here. We've got a whole slew of people who are committed to being here Tuesday at 6.30. But I really want, we'll just give one clipboard to the front of each section and just keep passing it up, passing it back. So one at the front of each section and just keep passing it back. We really want our church to be here in strength on Tuesday night. We're not asking you to sign up for anything. Maybe you're already doing something. We want you to be here. Maybe uh, you're not doing anything yet. We want you to be here, teens and adults. We just wanna talk about the opportunities that are available for us at our church. And we want you to sign up only because we're gonna serve cheesecake and we wanna have nice sized pieces of cheesecake for you. And if 10 of you sign up and 100 of you show up, uh, the cheesecake pieces are gonna be really small. So help us have the right sizes of cheesecake here on Tuesday night. Uh, just sign your name. We promise we won't be more than 90 minutes on uh, Tuesday night. Jesus saw this woman as doing a good deed to him. He saw her as uh, doing what she could. And then he said, What this woman has done will be spoken of her in memory of her. You may be already depressed when you found out how uh, much many people in Saskatchewan make. Let me depress you even a bit more. We're all going to die. And my question is, when we die, when you die, when I die, what do you want to be remembered for? What do you want to be remembered for? I hope I'll be remembered as a guy who did what he could and presented it to God as an act of worship, not to build a name for himself. What do you want to be remembered for? I read in my spare time biographies of the presidents of the United States. I'm presently reading Conrad Black's biography of Richard Nixon, I'm on about page 920, and really lots of words on every page. Richard Nixon in the United States came to uh, the scene nationwide in 1952 when General Dwight Eisenhower uh, nominated him to be uh, his running mate the vice president for the republican party in the united states eisenhower and nixon were really quite a powerful team and the democrats said the only way we can win this is if we fight dirty and general eisenhower was held in such ste- high esteem they they, they knew they couldn't get anything to stick on him so they began to attack richard nixon and and said he was getting money from all kinds of people that, and he's not—he's uh, pretending he's poor. And the thing just got a momentum to it that uh, just couldn't be corrected. Uh, Richard Nixon went to General Eisenhower and said, "Would you stand up for me and you would you correct this publicly?" And General Eisenhower didn't want to get dirtied by the by having to defend anybody. So Richard Nixon did something that had never done before. He. Uh, rented time on the television stations across the nation and the first time ever a major leader in the nation spoke to the whole country at the same time and this is his speech and it's on black and white television and for those of you who were alive in 1952 uh, tv was still pretty grainy back there that's not a bad picture that's a good picture of a bad picture And he talked about where he really stood financially, and he told them how much he was really making and how much his house was worth. And he talked about friends who had given him money. And then he said, I'm going to do two things. I'm gonna submit myself to any audit that you want. And if I have taken any money I shouldn't have, I promise I'm gonna give it back. And then he ended his story with what is called the checker's story, and this is known as the checker's speech as a result. He said, but there's one thing I'm not going to give back. I'm not giving our dog back. You see, someone had heard that his two daughters really wanted a little dog, and a man from Illinois, Illinois, uh, his dog had just given birth to a litter of cocker spaniels And he personally delivered to the Nixons a black and white cocker spaniel. And he said, I'll give anything back, but just like you wouldn't give your pet back, I'm not giving my pet back. Checkers is part of our family. And then he appealed to the Republicans across the nation to phone in whether they thought He should resign as the nominee for vice president or stick with it, and 99-point-something percent of Americans said, keep your name on there, Richard Nixon. Now, the guy who gave the pet died 20 or 25 years later, and his obituary was all over the American newspapers, coast to coast, top to bottom. But the only thing they said about this traveling salesman was he was the guy who gave the dog to the nixon's when life is over when life is over what do you want to be remembered for what do you want to be remembered for I'd suggest the greatest thing to be remembered for is I lived for him, and I did it for him. And I did what I could. I did what I could. It's video morning at the neighborhood. One last video. This Tuesday evening is our first ever launch night. It is going to be the most significant leadership, development, and recruitment night probably ever, ever, ever in the history of the neighborhood church. We want you here. Teens, adults, we want you, we need you to be a part of our team this year.
0: And when you get here on Tuesday, we're going to explain to you all the different teams that we have going on. We've got the adult groups team. We have our creative team. We have our generation team. We have our community team, our care team. It's going to be an amazing night. So you got to come on out this Tuesday at 6.30. we got cheesecake and coffee.
1: together we can make a huge difference together we have a responsibility to help people find and follow Jesus we can do it much better if we all find our part and we all find our place there's a place for everyone you say well I don't like being upfront I don't like public stuff You know that's probably good because there's only a tiny fraction of the stuff we do that (laughs) that is public in nature paul comes every friday and those packets he helps fill them and there's another lady in our church who makes sure that the information you need is in there. These things don't just happen. Last Friday, Paul was here, and he was shredding for us. There's something everybody can do, and we invite you to to find your place. And let's believe, God, that the months ahead will be the greatest years of harvest and influence.
0: (laughs) We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighbourhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends thank you again for listening. God bless you.